Hello and welcome to a new episode of Rich in Relationship. And today I'm with Nandar Matari. She's a meditation coach born in Myanmar and she's had many, many jobs, but her heart led her to become a meditation coach and leader. And we're thrilled to have you on the show today. How are you today, Nandar? I'm doing good, Rich. Thank you for having me on your show today. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And Nandar and I actually have met in person. Lately, there've been a lot of people that I've only met virtually. Nandar and I have actually shaken hands and met in person. You know, we've known each other for some time, actually. Nandar, the question I ask, the question, I'm sorry, what were you saying? A little bit more than two years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, so the question I ask everyone is how did your heart lead you into the work that you do today? That is a very good question. So I started to meditate when I was 16 years old after my high school in Myanmar. So med meditation is my go-to while I'm having stress or if I do not know how to make decision. So I learned meditation from the Buddhist monk in the monastery mm -hmm. in, in Myanmar. So after my high school, I went to the monastery, I shaved my hair, I stayed in the monastery for 27 days. Mm -hmm. So it was 28 years ago. Then um, after every kind of crisis that I have in my life, mostly I have a fight with my father or I have an argument with my mother and I always go to meditate. And so when I have my career as an English teacher or even working as a financial consultant, I have a lot of stress to deal with. So in the evening, I just would like to wind down. At that time, I also stay, um, you know, in, uh, in myself and just try to calm myself down and I meditate. So my meditation is my go-to, my hobby, so to speak. Got it. So it's different kind of spiritual projects in my life. Yeah. Sorry, you froze a little there. So it started out yeah. as it started out as a hobby, but very serious. So, I mean, look, I've done some time in Buddhist monasteries, but I never shaved my head and did 27 days. That is a big commitment. All right, and yeah. I, I, I actually, I want the listeners to get what a big commitment that, that is. You know, it isn't just that you shave your head, you sit for hours. Yes. So tell us a little, I, I'd love to actually to hear a little bit about that practice, like the level of commitment. I know at the monastery I used to go to for the weekend, we would sit in the morning for an hour and a half, and then we would do usually silent work, mm -hmm. like yeah. like uh, meditation work. And then we'd sit for an hour and a half in the evening. And I thought that was a lot then. Yeah. So to learn the techniques, the Buddhist monks are very serious about it. So mm -hmm. I, we have to stay in the monastery at least seven days, but you mm -hmm. can commit. There is no open end. Some uh, meditators stay there like three months or so, but I say myself, okay, I would like to learn the techniques very seriously. I stay 27 days. So the program started like that. We have to wake up like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So then um, the first uh, breakfast, uh, the first meditation started right around like 5 30. Mm -hmm. So um, then we also have breakfast like around seven o'clock. Mm -hmm. Then we meditate between and we have our lunch like 11 o'clock. Then afterwards, after 12 o'clock, we have no more food. So we have to meditate 24 seven in any different position and whatever we like. That was the schedule of my first retreats. So it's mean I have to meditate while I'm walking around, when I'm eating, when I'm uh, taking shower in any different position. Mm -hmm. That was that type of meditation that I 
learned. And there are also some other different types of vipassana meditation that is also very popular in the Western world. They have like 10 days retreats. You have to be committed yourself to stay there. You don't have to shave your hair, but uh, you have to wake up four o'clock in the morning. The mm -hmm. 30 to 30 hours straight. Then you have the breakfast and then they have like one hour meditation and five minutes break, one hour meditation, five minutes break. And it was like 11 hours of a meditation and in between the lunch and breakfast. So that kind of very restricted retreats, I've done it in my life maybe more than 20 times or so. So it's pretty safe to say you're an expert. Yes. <laughs> and it is not only the Buddhist type of meditation that I learned, I also learned about the Hinduism um, mm -hmm. meditation. And I, I stay in that like five or six days in the ashram. I work this um, inner work and also clearing of my chakras, my energies. Mm -hmm. I also learned that kind of different meditations techniques too. So gotcha. yeah, with that spiritual practice and when I became a team leader in 2010 in Germany, so the people came to me with their anxiety, with all, all these um, thing that I will have to make sales, but I do not know what to do. And they have also have the swallow, uh, hollow eyes and they cannot sleep at night. And then ask me what they should do. And they say, you have to take care of yourself first. Mm -hmm. You have to calm yourself down and you have to take care of yourself first. Only when you have confidence in yourself and in what you do, you will be able to make sales. Mm -hmm. So with that, I started teaching them to meditate when I become a team leader in 2010. So and then it's, it was like kind of hobby and intuitively started teaching them. So at one point I comes to realize that I have no more um, passion for selling investment funds. Then I also left the company. I left my boyfriend and I started teaching meditation full time since 2014 March. Big change, so, big yes. change. Yes. Really inspiring. And so part of why I asked you on the show is that I work in, with high conflict clients, right? Uh, couples who are trying to figure out what they want to do with their relationship, or sometimes an individual who is divorcing someone that they're angry with or afraid of. And what I find universally yeah. is that people who are in conflict are, and we started to talk about this in the beginning of the show a little bit, are in, uh, really they're traumatized actually, constant conflict. And, and we're gonna, I'm gonna define trauma in terms of brain science just a little bit. You know, what, mm -hmm. what I mean by that is when we're in conflict, the part of our brain that is all about uh, safety, the amygdala, you know, that determines fight or flight, it actually gets bigger because we're, when we're in conflict, we're afraid a lot and we're hanging out in that, and we're, so we, we think less rationally because we're hanging out in the part of our brain that's always looking for danger. Now, and what happens is it grows and other parts of our brain shrink. And so what the studies have shown is that when people start, when they stop and take a breath and realize, all right, there's no, I'm not in the woods. There's no tigers I have to worry about. I'm not actually in a real war zone. Probably, probably nobody's going to shoot me. You know, I'm, I'm a little hyped up. What people have found, studies have found is that when people meditate, that that part of their brain that determines the amygdala actually gets smaller and they start to hang out in their cerebral cortex, which is more rational. So the process of meditation and also mindfulness and, and, and prayer work the same way. Prayer a little differently because it fires up uh, your verbal part of your brain, but still 
basically cerebral cortex. All these three things help us get out of that sense of being at war, at threatened. Um, you described the guy with the hollow eyes, you know, th those are all, these are people who have just, they're, they're, they've been in the trenches too long. You know, meditation helps us to come out of that and to start to think rationally and see clearly again. Yes. So it is a very good example of how the meditation can change our brain and the traumatic experience. So in our, um, um, we, we've been carrying that um, small uh, brain or this amygdala brain. So for many generations to generations. So we have that because we have to be afraid of all the dangers of um, elephant or these tigers will be chasing after us. So we have to be always in a danger. But right now there is no tiger running um, behind us or any elephants, but we still have that activating all the time. As you also uh, beautifully said, when we meditate, the brain becomes smaller with that we have these rational thoughts can come in and thinking that, okay, whatever that person is uh, reacting to me or whatever I'm thinking, it is not true. Mm -hmm. So our thinking process and our logical uh, mind become in um, become in alignment with each other. So mm -hmm. we, our logical mind, have a time not to react to all these thoughts that we. So it's me. Um, meditation uh, can really help us to slow down our thinking process too, because meditation is more about coming into our body and feeling our feelings and emotion rather than living in our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are right now in trauma yeah. um, because a lot of people we are used to be thinking all the time, nonstop. So we, we think that because we think we are, we have that um, you know, uh, belief and trust in, in our Western world for a long time. But the reality is we are not what we think we are what we feel. Mm. So it's me. So a lot of people are thinking about, okay, what should I do? What should I think? What should I talk? And always in the brain, it makes us also anxious too. So what we, what the meditation does is instead of um, identify ourselves with our thought process all the time, did meditation make us to come back to our body and feel our feelings and emotion? Mm. Then when we are in touch with that emotion, then we come to realize that, okay, I would like to feel happy. I would like to feel calm. And I would like to feel peaceful in my heart. And because I feel this way, other people may also feel the same way as I am. So with that, we also wish the best for us. And we also wish the best for other people too. That kind that. of empathy and sympathy come automatically through meditation too. So what I'm hearing you say is, part of what happens is how we feel when we go into the world, other people are reactive to that. And so mm -hmm. through a meditation practice, we can get in touch with feelings of calm, uh, maybe, maybe caring if that's what's important to us and positivity, as opposed to being in this state of constant uh, fear. And I think a lot of us have been in a state, it's actually interesting, I think as a culture, so what, from what you're saying, when one of us gets scared, we transmit it to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And for a year, there's been a lot of transmitting of fear going on, not just to one another, but through the media. You know, we get emails about, oh, the pandemic, what's going on in India right now? It's actually, 
you know, not only brings up a lot of empathy and concern for the people who are dying there in unprecedented numbers, but there's also the fear, well, what if that happens somewhere else? What if that happens here? So yeah. the, the media drives this also. And so how is it that, how do you manage your own experience while you're helping people with their experience? Yeah. I mean, you, Nandar, how do you, you're, you know, you're, you're have all this information coming in at you also, you know, you, and we're all to some extent experiencing some sense of trauma, trauma being, you know, this being inundated with fear or, or mm -hmm. uh, uncertain circumstances. How are you managing your own feelings while helping other people through teaching meditation? Yeah, that is a very good question, Stu. So I do not listen to news. I do not have any television at home. I quit social media. I never buy my own television from the very beginning. So that's why it, I, it's making me happy. And I also achieve a lot of more stuff in my life. I have more real friends than, um, you know, I do not have any Netflix. So of course I watch, um, you know, YouTube and so on. So um, anyway, I listen, I know what is happening and what is going on ev everywhere. So instead of going into the excessive process of what would happen, what could happen and everything. So I just commune myself or I spend myself time to go to the nature or I mm. take a bath. So before, um, between the uh, things, that is why before our session started, I just take a shower and take a bath and I have to dry my hair. Um, I have to excuse myself for you even a couple of more minutes because in, if when you are in touch with, our skin is in touch with the nature or the air or the sunlight or even the water. Right now it's a little bit, um, you know, uh, today is there is no sun. So I took a bath. And so when we are in touch with the nature forces, we come back to our real power of who we are. So we come oh, to understand that. that. Yeah, we come to understand that I am more than my thoughts. I am more than what I'm thinking. I'm more than what the other people are, you know, uh, describing you of what could happen. So at that time, I'm coming back to my body and I also go for a work. I'm now living in Zurich, Switzerland. So it is like 10 minutes walk up, um, up there and I'm in the nature. So I spend myself time, like half an hour to one hour in the nature, or I take a shower, I take bath. And so these things, and of course I meditate. These are the things how I filled up my own cup so that I can give away all of my peace and love and also my clarity of the vision that I have to the other people. Mm -hmm. So of course the pandemic and the COVID-19 really hit us. And I was also here coming for a visit from New York City. And then I was in lockdown here. And I also did not know what should I do with my stuff. And I, I, I lost all of my projects with company and so on. So then instead of thinking what could happen, I just concentrated on, on the people who comes to me. Mm -hmm. And at last is that we have the power because all the materials we have outside of us, the house, the car, the technology, we created us. We created that. Mm -hmm. Where our human being created that. But if we know that, if we even lost everything, we can create that back then if we have a clarity of mind and clarity of, I mean, we have a health. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking about what could, what I lose, what, could, uh, what we could lose, we should have coming back to our big, to big, uh, back to the basics and thinking that I needed to be calm. I needed to be happy and I needed to feel safe right now. From that basic of feeling, we have to find out the real solution and real vision for our world.
So that is what I, what I try to build up for myself and also what I, that is what I teach to my clients too. Sweet, sweet. And so what I heard you saying is what you do is first you get back in touch with nature or natural things. And I, what I love about that is uh, it's the deepest sense of connection that we can have besides to one another is to nature because that's, we, it sustains us. And to some extent, we, we hope we sustain it. I mean, the, the trees need our carbon dioxide and you know, yeah. there's a whole cycle there. There's a sense of connection of life there. And I also heard you talking about um, when it comes to fears and concerns about the future, in a nutshell, I think what I heard you say is that you stay focused on your vision for the future, whatever that is. Yeah. And so yes, there may be interruptions, there may be things that look like they're gonna get in the way, but as long as you, as you stay focused on what's important, then those things are maybe stopping interruptions and start becoming opportunities. Yes. And uh, of course, what you didn't say, but I know is that you have a very in-depth meditation practice. And I think our listeners would love to know more about how you teach and what's available. I mean, you're in Zurich. If, if, yeah. if my friend in Largemont, I'm in Largemont right now, wants to, uh, wants to learn about meditation from Nandar, how does she do that? I do right now all of my meditation classes online. So 80% mm -hmm. of my clients are still the New Yorkers in America, American mm -hmm. people. So I, I right now have more of uh, the uh, Swiss uh, um, clients too, and also the German, because I live in Germany before I came to New York City. And um, before the COVID, I'm right now in Switzerland. So all of my classes are online. And the, well, how, how I meditate is meditation is about coping the energy. So I meditate with people so that the people can med uh, learn to meditate. So I always teach the guided meditation. I've created my own 15 minutes guided meditation and uh, via Zoom and the people can, I also explain about the background of meditation and also meditation is about um, learning how to manage our emotion. Mm -hmm. So I explain the emotional intelligence, how to manage them. I uh, teach them the universal principles. Do we have how to shave our head? No, <laughs> you know, the people do not have to shave the hair and then they can, they also have to, uh, you know, that the classes are one and a half hours in a week. And so I have the self-mastery level one is eight weeks where I teach eight spiritual principles. And the second level of uh, self-mastery level two is I teach 10 uh, spiritual habits that you grow our life and also to have this spiritual practice too. And the third level is six, six Sunday, I'll be training the people to become meditation teacher. So I've gotcha. created those program last, since last year, um, August. And so right now I'm, um, I run and finish like uh, four or five of uh, a first group, uh, first, uh, so, uh, first level. No, I have four batches. Uh, every batches is like some people, four people, some are six people, some are like eight people. So I have a groups of batches mm -hmm. and I've finished right now. Um, I think the four batches are finished. The fifth batch is running and the second level is one. The first batch is already finished. So then the, the last uh, the batch or I mean, sorry. And this is a teacher training will be started in, um, in October this year. So when the people would like to learn, and of course, I'll do also do one-to-one -one coaching coaching training too, that people can take part in my uh, meditation classes. 
So it sounds like you have a beginner level, you have intermediate, and you also have a teacher program. Yes. And of course you have an, I'm sure, I guess, is the teacher kind of like the advanced program? It's an advanced program. Of course, the people uh, who would like to become a teacher has to go through level one, level two, two, then so that you can take the teacher program mm -hmm. where they know how to train other people to meditate. Gotcha. And how can people learn more about where to find you in your classes? They can go to my website and matarimeditation.com and then they can register for my newsletter or they can even download the 10 minutes guided meditation. So where they can also learn about my techniques right away and they will receive the email or newsletter right away when I have a new classes started. Great. That sounds terrific. And so yeah. the question I always ask people at the end of the show, and sadly, we are near the end of the show. Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed you, by the way, is what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? So, you know, if you, if, if, if everyone was at your funeral in a hundred years, <laughs> you know, um, what kind of, what, what would they say that you, the thing you created that, that made the difference in the world? I would like to leave this a legacy that I have helped many people to achieve their inner peace. So this is my goal. And I've started my career with uh, when I turned 37. So I'm hopefully I'll stay like 80 to 90s. And at that till to that time, I'll be keep on creating um, my teaching. So I want to leave the books where the people can learn about how to find the inner peace. I'm writing my second book too. And I'll be doing this eight week uh, program, 10 weeks program in the online format too. And the most important thing is I want to leave the communities where the people help each other mm. coming together and, and also create a better world. What so a powerful where, vision. Yes, and because we the COVID-19 coming from that view because we are out of alignment with nature because mm -hmm. we cut off a lot of trees. We also um, you know, make this pollution for the water and the air pollution coming from that. There is no more to exchange with the plants because we are part of the nature. Our heart coming from the nature plants too. We are always exchanging those energy. So if we have no more plants, no more clear water, our body will cannot sustain that longer. So I would like to find ways where the people can really create more nature instead of fighting each other, compete against each other and earning more money or maybe producing more stuff that we do not use. I would like to have built up a sustainable um, community where we learn to meditate, to take care of each other and build up a better community and better, a beautiful world. That is what I would like to leave behind. I love that. That's a great vision. Yes. Great thank vision. You. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I We need to figure out a way that I can connect my clients to you because I'm always looking for someone who can help them with their meditation practice. And sure. some of them don't even have one. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think it, after the show, we're going to figure out how to do that. Sure. Thank we'll you so that. much for coming on. Thank you so much, Rich, okay. for having me today.